Welcome to Keepers of the Word. We're an esoteric study group of Freemasons whose purpose is of sharing knowledge of mystery schools and debunking misconceptions about Freemasonry. You're here with Mike and Ron. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, the disclaimer, any of the opinions expressed on Keepers of the Word do not reflect the opinions of other organizations or Masonic lodges. So who are we here with today, Mike? Uh, Johnny Arias at Elizabeth Street Tattoo in Riverside. And um, I'm about to get tatted. Yep. Today's topic is on the subject of tattoos, um, origins, practices, the the tribal portion of it, the esoteric connection to it, and um, all things tattoos. So, uh, and we're getting tattooed live today. Why? Uh, why we're while we're, why we're here it. doing this? So this might be a little interesting for me, since I'm you know in the hot seat. So Johnny. Tell us a little bit about where you started, how you started, and background. I've been tattooing for about 11 years now. Uh, I got into it through one of my friends, uh, Toby. He actually apprenticed me after losing my job back in 2006, if you guys recall. The, uh, the crash? Yeah, yeah. I was working for a mortgage company back then. At the time, I was working as a Oh, and so, um, yeah, I was there almost 12 years, but then uh, when I got the piece, it was like, well, what am I going to do now, you know, and uh, fortunately, it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a gift and a curse at the same time, you know, yeah. because at the time, you know, I had a family to support and whatnot, so I'm thinking, well, what am I going to do now, you know, and my buddy had always encouraged me to tattoo since we were teenagers, and uh, so, you know, we spoke a couple days after that after I got laid off and he said, well, why don't we do this? Why don't we finish what we can, what what we started, you know? He had started talking about it early on, you know, when I was maybe like 19 or closer. So, um, so yeah, it ended up working out and uh, here I am, years later. And we're about to get started, so go ahead and keep on talking, Ron. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. I'm not going to get any more ready. <laughs> rock mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh do you have any kind of an art background johnny th- th- that drove you into this or uh yeah I, i've been into art since i was uh since i was a kid i've always drawn and i've always been doing some form of art or another and uh and then you know when i decided to take this seriously uh the company had gave they they had given me a a severance package something to the tune of like forty grand you know so that's why I was able to actually not work and, and apprentice and do this and make it happen so uh, with that time while I was apprenticing I uh, went to school and I took numerous art classes and you know just got myself uh, immersed in, in in the art world. So to speak. So that's, that's my background, and then I've been doing it every day ever since. So, 11 years. You said, right? Yeah, I said 11 years. Yeah. So, what is your favorite tattoo to do? Favorite or style? Favorite style, yes. Favorite style. Favorite style. I, I specialize in a lot of more esoteric, heavy symbolism. A lot of people see me for that. Um, as you can see here, 
I've created a sacred space for tattooing, and uh, you guys know my handle on Instagram is Rite of Passage, and for numerous reasons, you guys can you guys can connect the dots. But uh, you know, for those that aren't into aren't initiates of any sort in any type of order, uh, it's a rite of passage nonetheless. You know, it, it, and oftentimes it's it's not only a rite of passage into adulthood for a lot of the youngsters because we do live in a college town. So we have four four universities, four colleges here in town, and so not only is it a rite of passage into adulthood, but um, as they get to know me, as the years go by, because most people don't just get one tattoo, but as the years go by, they get to know me and we talk, and things get deeper, and they open up, and they start to realize, after spending a time, you know, you hang out in here for an hour, you start to pick up on some things, and then conversations change, and one thing leads to another, and uh, what typically tends to happen is they, t they tend to open up, and they feel like they've actually found someone where they can talk to someone that they can talk to about things that they normally don't talk about because how many people do we know outside of the order, outside of the craft that are actually talking about this sort of stuff? Any type of path of enlightenment, self-mastery, uh, any of the wisdom traditions, nobody, it's, it's, it's a subculture within a subculture. You know, and to even talk of those things is really obscure. Yeah, it's very niche. Yeah, My knowledge of tattooing is that it started in tribal communities. Uh, for instance, the headhunters. I know Wang Ode, or Ode is um, one of the oldest living tattoo artists that tattooed the headhunters in, um, in the Philippines. And I have a friend that's been there and gotten a tattoo from her. And, you know, that just, just going... Going to get the tattoo with Wang Ode is is a journey because you have to trek through the jungle to even get to where where her village is to get the tattoo, and so that's my knowledge of. Plus, I mean, the I, I the ancient Scots and the and the Vikings and the you know all of all of those people were uh, were getting yeah, tattoos. And you go back to the pics of uh, I think it was northern um, Scotland. I believe it's in Scotland, the Picts. Mm -hmm. They would tattoo themselves in blue. I don't know what what they used for, for that ink. Um, and then the Mayans, they also tattooed themselves. And that was also a rite of passage. So in order to get, you know, your stripes, you had to earn them. Whether you were killing for, uh, kill, hunting for the for the family or, you know, trying to bring home the bacon. And you got, you got your stripes or, you know, you defended your tribe. You got your stripes. Um... I guess the rite of passage applies to almost all indigenous um, cultures, right? Because uh, even the Maori of New Zealand, uh, they, 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 man, they have their whole faces tattooed. And they mark themselves. They mark themselves. The, sure. the Samoans, um, they, they do some crazy, intricate uh, Polynesian designs and... Those were all, you have to earn those. You can't just, you know, just get them, right? You know, if you think about it, it's pretty much just another initiatic experience. Like whether it be becoming part of a mystery school or going through the degrees of masonry. It's an initiatic experience that only those that have been through it and sat down and had the needle put to their skin and, and felt the pain and went through the the 
the markings and the the uh, the process. Um, only they understand it. You know, other people can see it and maybe appreciate it and 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 do the research on it and think that they know what it's like to be part of an initiatic experience, including being marked. Right. And also, I think a, a lot of people come to Brother Johnny because he understands that esoteric side and the symbolism behind it. You could go to any, you know, tattoo parlor and talk about certain symbols and it's not going to be 100% that the person getting ready to tattoo is going to know what that is or know the, know the you know, the history behind it or where it came from. So this is a definite plus, right? Yeah, they'll, they'll do it. I mean, any tattoo artist will definitely take your money after all. And it's, 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 yeah, right? Yeah, you can't blame them. But at the same time, uh, if, if it's me, for instance, or you, you guys obviously understand, uh, if I'm getting a sacred mark on me, I want the transmission to be real. You know, exactly. I want, it's all about that transmission. So if, 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 if it's more than just a piece of art, it's that energetic transmission, you know, with, with, with intention. It's handmade with care, but yet with intention. Correct. Understanding some of the symbolism behind a lot of the, the divine, I think, is not most important. That's where you get the sacred experience. Exactly. Like, I feel it's very important for me to get this tattoo by you, your brother, you're putting the brand on me. And to me, that's very important. It's, it's uh, special, sacred for me. Yeah. So, with that being said, what is your uh, what is your opinion, Johnny, of uh, people that aren't brothers uh, putting the mark of the light on someone who is a brother? Yeah, but I find it odd. I, yeah, I find it really odd. There's just I, I can't I I can't even understand it. I wouldn't be able to bring myself to get tattooed. Such a, such a sacred mark, especially uh, a square and compass or anything that has to do with the craft. I couldn't imagine getting that done by anyone other than a brother, right. you know? And, and not more so than that, a brother that actually understands, you know? Yeah. Uh, because, you know, let's say someone is a new, uh, newly initiated. Yes, they're a brother, but they're still yet so much that they, they don't understand. On the flip side of that, that can be a great time for fellowship and camaraderie. Yeah. And if the if the newly initiated brother tattooer doesn't know much, then that can be a segue to a whole different conversation, which that in its own right is super yeah. After all, we're fraternal. Right. I'm so ready to get some ink done. <laughs> I'm just like, ah! <laughs> every single time it's another, it's a, I guess that's part of the experience of getting tattooed is that, is that once you, once you have, once you have the markings and you want to get more markings and it just becomes such a, there's memories in your life, uh, every man. single one, that pieces you get. that you've earned, yep. Yep. you know, um, Milestones, milestones, memories, memories, uh, my things that you've done, you know. My most recent tattoo, I actually uh, had some of my dad's ashes mixed into the ink and um, and got a got an eagle over my heart. My dad was an eagle guy. He loved eagles, so 
I have a piece of my dad actually with me and a representation of something that he loved so much. So, you know, that's that's near and dear to me. That's probably my most sacred tattoo that I consider on my markings other than my 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 uh Masonic ink. Right on. I think my first tattoo I got on this arm it was a uh, it's one of the Mayan um hero twins. And when I first got it, it was from a homie who, like, shouldn't have been tattooing. Right. <laughs> uh, and he did it with, you know, a, a homemade deal. And it hurt a lot. And he scarred the shit out of me. And uh, even though I went through a lot of shit with it, it just it just means that much to me. Because, you know, that was the time when my son was born. And it was a, it was, it was a, a hard time. And it was also very enlightening at the same time. It, it was a wake-up call. You know, responsibility is here. <laughs> yeah, good parenting and family and all that. Yeah, I was like 22. Oh yeah, same here. So, so your son's what, 20, 21 now? He's uh, 19. He just 19. turned 19, August 31st. And my daughter will be 21 in, in November. And, oh. Okay. And it was a, it was a similar thing, you know. Um, it was uh, the realization that it's no longer about me. So now it's about us. Exactly. Everything that you do, it's about us. So you can no longer spend, you know, five hundred dollars on a guitar or whatever you want because it affects us. You know, so that that part was. That was a big transition for me, you know, um, and I marked myself with it. And of course, one day I would love to have it retouched up or redone the the right way, uh, you know. But it's a lot of scar, bro. A lot of scar tissue. That shit hurts. <laughs> Can't even so, imagine. Yeah. Oh. So, Johnny, what was your most memorable experience that you've had while you've been tattooing? Do you have something that sticks out specifically in your mind? I mean, this is an awesome sacred space that you have here. So I can imagine that every single experience that you would be right here would have to be meaningful in some way, shape, or form, especially if you're inking on brothers. Was there ever a tattoo or, or something you just didn't want to do? Or you said no to? Yeah, one of the most memorable is uh, uh, this younger kid came in. He was 18, and he wanted his oh, girlfriend, and he wanted his girlfriend's name across the job of oh, right? Man. And, uh, but the thing is, we tattoo a lot of different people here, man. There's a lot, there's a lot of different walks of life, so you don't know. This kid might be a pro skater, pro surfer. We're in Southern California. You don't know what this kid is right. doing, you know? And he might come in and just be totally set for life. Um, but you know there there were there were some red flags. One being that I didn't see any okay. tattoos on him when he walked in, and then uh, two, his age. He's so young, and he just wants to go straight to the face, which is crazy in our industry. Uh, anything from the neck up and the wrist down, really. You know, hands, neck, and, and face. Are, we call them job stoppers. Yes, that's the term in, in, in this industry. And so. To, 
to blast this kid with a with a job stop where it's like, I don't mind watch, man. I'm not I, I, I I'm not at all interested in being responsible for the this kid's demise, you know. Um, but um, I didn't I, I wasn't quick to turn him down. What I asked him was um, it was just basically so what do you do? You know, just feeling him out, you know, being responsible. So I, I was like, so what do you do? And, and he says, uh, well, I, I just recently got laid off, but I was working at the Target Distribution Center. Okay. That's a little bit of a red flag. And I'm like, are you going to school, man? What, what are you doing right now? Nah, it's just not for me. Okay, red flag number two, right? You still living at home, or what's up? You know, because he still might say I got some stuff on the side. You know, yeah, I'm still at home. How long have you been with your girlfriend? You're wanting to do her name on your jawbone, right? How long have you been with your girlfriend? And he looked at her and then proceeded to tell me uh, like six months. And I'm like, and then all of a sudden he was like, hey man, all the questions. I'm like, you don't know where I'm getting at. And then I glance over at his girlfriend, and his girlfriend's like looking at me like I've been trying to tell her. Right. And so I was like, yeah, look, you, you don't have a job right now, you're living at home, you're not going to school, you're 18, and you want your face tattooed. Let's think about this, you know? And uh, so he agreed, and he didn't move forward with it. And uh, I actually even talked him out of getting his girlfriend's name at all, you know? Period. And, uh, and yeah, funny thing is, he came back a few months later for a tattoo. He did a tattoo on his shoulder, and uh, he wasn't with his girlfriend anymore. And we talked about all that, so it was like, you know, did him a solid. And then I've done quite a few tattoos on him ever since, you know, but... You were real with him, man. I was, man. Hey, you know, it's easy, it's easy to, to get paid and just sit him down and, 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 and do that, but, you know... Uh, it's, it's unethical. You know? yeah, it's unethical testing practice in my opinion. Let's see, um, what's the longest returning customer relationship that you have? Because I personally think, you know, I've, I have a pretty long-standing relationship with a tattoo artist that I've been getting a lot of my stuff from. My right sleeve's completely done by him. Um, he's done multiples on my wife he's done multiples on my daughter he's really become a friend of the family you know and we 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 sit down and have a you know like you were mentioning earlier we we're having conversations why we're getting why he's banging the needle on me and and you know we it, it started in the very beginning with with um the first tattoo he put on me my wife was pregnant at the time and his wife was pregnant at the time they were going to name their daughter Mia and we were naming our daughter Marcellus so you know me and Marcellus Wallace and we connected right away exactly so so I've been going to see him for 16 years right so what's your longest uh, um, I have some that I still have quite a few that have been with me for many years you know and I have a handful, I'd say, that have been around for a good nine, ten years. Close to the beginning. Close to the beginning. It's interesting because you can see the progression, you know, from when I first started to what I'm doing now, you know, and even the styles and all that. Cause it takes a while to find your, your niche and uh, what you like to do and all that. You know, in the beginning, you kind of go through that, uh, that phase where you're doing everything. 
and you know almost pride yourself on being a jack of all trades like ah, yeah i can do it all you know and, uh, if people are going to find their own style uh one of my buddies who um who's been in the industry a long time uh he told me like, I think it was my second year in, he told me, you know, for most guys, if they're going to find their niche or their style, it's usually around the seventh or eighth year, somewhere around there. Like, after you have enough experience and, and you've done enough and seen enough to kind of hone in on a style that you like to do, and if you can, you build this, you build a portfolio and a clientele base solely on that. So if people come to you for other things, it's not that you can't do them, it's just that you flat turn them away. And I, I turn away tons of work nowadays, you know. And then anymore, um, for the most part, people kind of they'll look at the portfolio. The clientele today is a lot more educated, so they look at portfolios and they kind of know what they're going to get, uh, even prior to contacting you, you know. Do you, do you think that uh, the shows like Ink Master and the the old show like Miami Ink has impacted the industry in a positive way? It's definitely popularized it, um, and there's no denying that tattooing today is more popular than ever. I mean, uh, there was a Newsweek article that came out in 2018, and they interviewed, um, it was, I think, 9,054 respondents, right? And uh, they found that uh, there was a good it was 46% of the population uh, had at least one tattoo. That's those numbers are big, you know. Yeah. And then you know, it's not just for younger people either, because of those numbers, there was something like the age group between um, 29 and 49. Of those, I think 36% had at least one tattoo, you know. Um, and then also. Um, they found that what was it? Thirty percent of college graduate or college students today have at least one tattoo. So it's a good time to be a tattoo artist. So I, I'd say that it's influenced it and impacted the industry in a positive way in terms of you know uh, having enough work to go around. Now it, that's not to say that tattooers can survive, you know, because I know a lot of tattooers they get into it. There's there's a romantic notion with being a uh, professional tattoo artist that I think a lot of uh, people aspire to. But the truth is, to actually make it in this industry and create a clientele and be good enough to where you can support a family, that takes a lot of grit and hard work. And a lot of people aren't ready to grind that way. They, they want to, especially early on, they want to party, they want to live it up. And uh, they're able to do that if they live at home with mom and dad and you know on their dime. They can do all the whole rock star thing, but when it comes to actually like okay, adulting 101, <laughs> right? Getting their own place by themselves or just a mortgage, a car payment, right, kids, right. school. Not gonna happen. Right. Not gonna happen. That, that's at that point. I would say that they have to take the, their craft to the next level and get serious and buckle down and then just, just grind. What? Do some really dope work. Yeah. Get it out there. Go to the conventions. Yeah. And just keep keep your head in the game and. And get better, yeah. Do you see yourself being a tattoo artist for your long term, for the rest of your life? Do you see yourself transitioning into the art world? I've seen, you know, I've seen several tattoo artists that they they tattoo for a while and they finally get to the point where they can do what they want and they usually want to just promote their art 
and occasionally tattoo. Do you see yourself going that way, or do you think I'll probably be doing this? I think uh, I'm currently working on a plan B, if you will. Uh, what that plan B entails, I don't really know. Um, I do love writing, and so and I love reading. I mean, I read a lot, and a lot. I mean, so far this year, what we're in 2019. Since January, I've read. I'm on my 45th book. Wow, I read a lot, uh, and so. But I also like to write a lot as well, and I like to journal. Uh, so who knows? I mean, maybe as things slow down, uh, if I'm able to uh, get some published work out there and do that sort of thing, who knows? Right now, I'm not super focused on it because I'm in the middle of my tattoo career, and I am enjoying it, and I love the freedom that it affords me. I'm able to generate an income and support my family but with I, I bring out the 24 inch gauge and it's all balanced I'm not working 15 hours a day grinding and stressing out I'm, I'm not doing that at all man you know I'm, I'm really just balancing out my life you know and living the life that I want and because of the freedom in my schedule and, 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 and whatnot it affords me that opportunity and so I'm, I'm in a pretty good place with that you know I, I uh, I wouldn't change things anytime soon, but you know, I am 43 now, so maybe within the next 10 years, start looking at a transitional phase, you know, um, and then we'll go from there, you know. Is there any artists that you looked up to, or you know, any of the the old timers that uh, were around, or that you've gotten tattooed from? Uh, I'm really good friends with uh, Jack Rudy, who's the owner of Good Time Charlie's. Yep. Um, we've traveled a lot together, we've hung out a lot together, our wives are good friends. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's been a mentor in many ways, so Jack for sure, you know, and there's others as well. Um, another guy uh, that was that played an integral role in my, my coming up was a guy by the name of Joe Capobianco. Um, We've become really good friends through the years, and another guy like Jimmy Litwalk and uh, Jimmy Litwalk. Yeah, he was on Ink Master. He was, yeah. Uh, Mike McCaskill, who, uh, who who works here, he just works on the other side of this wall. He was on Ink Master as well. Wow, and, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's there's quite a few guys that have played an integral role in. in uh, my tattoo career, you know, just offering sage advice and, you know, advice counsel camaraderie and friendship, you know, because it's, uh, I think that's the most important part is, like, becoming friends with guys, uh, not only because they're, they're, they're good artists, but because you actually bond, you know, and, uh, you like hanging out with. Right. Yeah, and it's funny because like when we're hanging out, we don't talk about tattoos because we're interested in each other's personal lives and like just this. And it, really, what it what it boils down to is the camaraderie and fellowship that we see in Mason. You know what I mean? Like we just you just enjoy you, you, uniquely yeah. enjoy yeah. the other yeah. person's company yeah. and. How you doing over there, Mike? I'm good. <laughs> it's not the. It's not bad. Yeah. Of course, it's you know, it's a tattoo, man. It's gotta hurt a little. It's gonna you know, hurt I a know little so, bit. I know so many people that 
want to, you know, try to take some kind of pain relievers or something before they go in. Well, that's something you've got to earn, man. That's that's my opinion, yeah. too. I, I want to feel a certain amount you of pain. You want to feel that pain because yeah. that's what makes it real, right? Yeah. It's part of the passage. Yeah. Here we go. So we're back. We're live. Um, got Ron on the seat. My turn. Got mine done. <clears throat> Very light hand. Didn't hurt as much as I thought it would. And it was an excellent experience. Um, definitely want to come back here again. I feel very comfortable and in my own element. So thank you very much, Johnny. We'll hug after. <laughs> okay. So we've been talking offline about a whole bunch of topics. Any of those topics stick out to you the most, Ron? Something that you, you know, want to talk about? Of course, as soon as we have microphones in our faces. Right? <laughs> well, we were talking about a lot of just um, the esoterics within Freemasonry and and um, how Johnny's been involved with uh, the, the lecture series at South Pasadena and how Keeper's where keepers came from and what we've been doing and just all of that. I think that was uh, really comfortable discussions. Of course, our, our candids behind the scenes are always <laughs> a lot easier to do than, than trying to sit down we'll and sit interview down and somebody. Right? It, right? Exactly. So I think we were talking about going back to the conversation of esotericism and certain lodges that, you know, decide to go outside of the norm and, do things that are well not not bad but different different right and you know we kind of stick our heads out there just to see and there's a lot there's a lot of interest and i feel you know especially millennial millennials we were talking about earlier um they're really interested in the esoteric they're again johnny said they're looking for something they don't know yet but they're looking for something and you know i don't know how how the Elks Lodge is looking, but I know how we're looking, and I see I don't see a huge influx, but I do see a spike. I do see a spike in in uh, interest in the esoterics, and I believe the lodges that have this this uh, this knowledge Some and type of education, you know, Masonic education or esoteric education in general, um, they're the ones that are actually reaping the benefits because they're they're pulling in new members, they're pulling in people who are you know interested in in this side of masonry and you know i think it's it for me it's a positive uh of course there's going to be those those folks that just don't agree i mean we we've obviously dealt with that you know and it is what it is but um i think where we where we're at now it's a comfortable space and we could only grow from here it's not it's not going to um, take away from anything. It's, I think I feel it's it's adding to what masonry is, and it's giving those folks out there that are like, oh man, I didn't know you guys were into that kind of stuff, or you guys really delved into that type of knowledge. It's it's definitely it's cool when either you know new brothers or even sometimes old brothers that have been around for a long time come in and find something that they didn't expect to find within masonry, whether it be the esoterics or, you know, I, I've been really fortunate to have a lot of people come up to me as, as being part of the Ruffians MC and have, 
have people be like, wow, I didn't know you had bikers and masonry. Like, well, we, well, yeah, <laughs> we're people, whatever our interests are. It's you a little know? bit of everything, baby. People with tattoos. People with tattoos. People, you know, get, do the tattoos. And yeah, it's, I think it's a, it's a good um, kaleidoscope of, of uh, different people that make up masonry and the people that you would rule out into esoterics. They're, they're usually the ones that are, deep into it right sometimes right it's it's a it's a cool place to be right now it's it's fun i'm enjoying you know and i'm i'm glad to see more and more brothers that are tattoo artists because i know many years ago when i first started contemplating even getting any kind of masonic tattoo i didn't want I didn't. I didn't want just anybody to to mark me. I, I wanted it to be a brother, you know. So, and back when I first started looking, I didn't find anybody. You know, I mean, somebody like Zulu was like one of the few around yeah. at the time that was a brother that was that was doing tattooing. And so, you know, now it it's it's nice to see more and more brothers. And and maybe they've been there, and I just didn't know they were there, and I'm being exposed to them now, but. It, it certainly seems that within the last, you know, five or ten years, um, as as tattooing has has grown and blown up, we're seeing more brothers that are um, that are involved in this field. Yeah, this is where Joe cuts cut, <laughs> and we keep rolling. Um, what else were we talking about? There was. There's a couple other subjects that we're. Uh, I don't. I don't want to get into that one subject because that's controversial, and <laughs> I, I just don't want to raise any eyebrows right mm-hmm. now. I think you know we're cool with everyone. I want to keep it that way. So you know, let's let's just move forward in positive light. Um. But I, you know, I think in the direction of the craft is we have to be innovative. It just like it's just like business, man. You have to be innovative. You have to think about change and think ten years down the line. Um, and in doing this and, and building esoteric um, lodges and you know creating these groups, um, the feedback that I've gotten from other folks at other lodges where I wish we had this, where I wish we had you know the, the Masonic education. And you know what? The truth is, is I wish we had that at my lodge when I, when I was going through it and we decided to create it. So, yeah. you know what? If it doesn't exist, create it. Make how ma- it. How many people did we see at Esotericon that stopped and looked at our Chamber of Reflection talk about, I wish we had this at our right. lodge? And, and, it's and one what of did those, we say to them? Oh, dude, just, just make it. Go out there and create it. I mean, that's we, we actually got... You know, our inspiration through South Pasadena Lodge, Julio Luna uh, took us through it and talked to us about how he how he did it, you know, what he said. And we were just amazed at like, wow, I wish I had this experience. And then, boom, no, we're going to do it, man. So far, we've been doing a lot of no, we're going to do it, man. <laughs> With this, Keepers of the Word, Esotericon, um, it was just, it's just been a... A crazy ride, but a, a fun one. Wow. 
Well, let's do it. Awesome. Totally down. Just got to buy a couple things and have some guys paint, and there you go, dude. Oh, yeah? What what lodge? Garden Grove. Okay. Right on. Can you can can you even fathom that we contemplated not going through with Esotericon? You know what? It, it's fr- it's the project manager in me, and you know me doing events in the past. I have to be able to calculate certain things, right? Yeah. And at at certain areas of the project, you have to understand that okay, it it makes more sense to pull back than to go forward because if you go forward you're just going to lose out completely but that wasn't the case in this you know we had early interest early on and i think it was it was priced right for the first time and now we can you know we can adjust a little bit and and grow it from there but i think you know the planning was there the personnel was there and as johnny was talking about earlier everybody has their own specific niche in the group that they're good at and it all went out perfectly like you know omen dj omen was on stage he was directing that he had that down packed like i remember going up to him hey man and i started talking on the mic he's like hey bro i already said that i'm like (laughs) you know what i'm just gonna leave you alone dude i'm sorry i'm just that's just the control freak in me and you know when we're doing events and that's just sorry okay i just let him go and then james had the lecture room we had the front i mean it was we, just all moving. We thought we were going to have to do so much more work yeah, than what it, we did. No, with just, everybody pulled their weight. Everybody oh, pulled through. Yep. And it went seamlessly, and that's how the beehive works. That's how we make the honey, baby. You know, that's <laughs> the sweet, sweet honey. That's, that's how we do it. And I, I look forward to, you know, doing more and, and creating more experiences. And, you know, it, it it's magic when... You have people, especially brothers, walk up to you and shake your hand and say, hey, you know what? This was a great event, and I appreciate you guys doing this. It's like, wow, thank you. I, wow, that, to me, that meant, that meant everything right there. You know, it, it was really cool. Um, we tried getting tattoo artists to show up and do, do work, but that didn't work out. Um, maybe it's not the platform for that. I don't know, but it would have been nice to... Yeah, I think it could work out. Maybe, 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 maybe the no, uh, Johnny. Maybe, maybe the bit. ideas <laughs> that we were talking about with you know the, uh, the, the 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 dark the, the you know the, you yeah, know what yeah, we were talking yeah, about. So we we don't want to tease that yeah, yet, but yeah. uh, so some ideas we're talking about for next year's yeah. Esotericon. It would probably tie in nicely with that. Tie in really nicely with it. Ch- you know, yeah, change it up a little bit. And, you know, raise a little eyebrows too. But hey, it's gonna be fun. And I think that's what brought the whole thing together is that everybody was having so much fun it was an it was networking was putting all of these different mystery schools together under one roof and different modalities together and it it made that magic right like you you walked in that room and you started talking to different people and it was just all positive it was fun it was great you know and yeah it, it was it was just it just made sense and i think that that's the magic behind it all How you feeling, Ron? Very good? Prickly? Little butterfly kisses. <laughs> You're getting kissed by a butterfly? They, Fuck. They, they kiss kind of They kiss a little little harder near the near the bottom of the wrist there, but other than that it's it's yeah, it's 
I want to give a shout out to Enemy the Illest. Dude, your shirt's awesome. Love you. It's from Hip Hop, Connecticut Hip Hop. He was on tour with uh, he was on tour with Apathy right now. We went and saw Apathy on Demigods. Sunday. Demigods. Uh, I got to meet the real Ryu, which was awesome. Um, and of course, self titled. Uh, that was that was a really dope experience. Well, it was for my birthday, and it was, and it was good show and fun time show. to celebrate your birthday. Yeah, it was it was great. It was great for all of us to go and have a good time. I have to thank my wife for that one. She she really put it together, and and I love you. That was awesome. This guy walks into the restaurant, and there's a, you know, a bunch of us sitting there waiting for him, and he had no idea. No, I had no idea, man. I thought it was just going to be me, my sister, you know, and and of course my wife and and Sam, my brother-in-law. And when I walk in, I'm like, oh shit! And there's <laughs> there's the guys. Right on. That that was just. I uh, see Timmy and yeah. I see Pam and I see Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was a, a great feeling, man. I appreciate it very much. Um, and Johnny, in moving forward with the illumination lectures, where do you see? The potential growth in topics. Do you see the topics going? Uh, are you guys ever going to touch into some really dark topics, or are you going to keep everything a little bit uh, on the gray side? That's a good question. Uh, I would imagine, for now at least, we continue doing what we've been doing. And also, you know, as, as different brothers come into the craft, that with with that comes different authors, different takes on things, um, different information, different research, you know, so I mean in time the the, the lecture series will change as well, the content of it at least. In terms of the darker stuff, um, I'm not I'm not quite sure. Uh, I don't see anything in the in the near future. Um, but I mean, it would make sense to touch on some things so to gain a better understanding of some of the practices and traditions that are out there. Um, if for if for no other reason than just for sim simply for wisdom, just. Right. To, just, just to curiosity. Right. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't even know that that existed. Oh, I didn't know that that order was around. You know, who are these people? How do you get in? How do you get initiated? Um, what are they into? How dark is it? You know. Right. Um, it would be it would be interesting. You know, just for like I said, for for no other reason than for more knowledge, more life. Right. Yeah. When we did our when we did our show on with Lon and we started talking about the Abermelon. I got a lot of hits. Oh, I bet. Yeah. It, it was it's, it's something that people don't talk about, you know. And then having Lon talk about it, it was like, wow, is yeah. this really happening? Yeah. Now, well, Lon has a lot of information in that head, and we're trying to get it out. You know, he does. He definitely does. Yeah, to see like Merrick, Polk, Runyon, and and Lon in the same room, I was like, wow, dude, this is happening. This is going down, man. Is 
enjoying the meditative state of the pain. Music's perfect too. Right? So it's like grindage. So hypnotic. Just grinding. I think the longest I've gone through with the tattoo is about four hours. I don't think I'd go past that. After after so much time and just you're 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 just pissed off. Like you just want to sock sock somebody. <laughs> you know? Stop <laughs> enough. My my other artist is heavy handed really? too. Yeah. So when he bangs on me, he bangs hard, dude. This this the eagle that I just got it's like right over the breastbone and it was like oh man when he was getting those spots on yeah, the breastbone dude. I was just like okay there's a new spot that I didn't know you know like you get those spots sometimes like the elbow the elbows the, the elbow elbow's hurts. not fun no you know the collarbone the, sucks up, up in the arm real close to the armpit where it's real sensitive and tender you know it's like I've I don't have any head tattoos but everyone that I know that has head tattoos are like yeah that's uh the, de the description for, that was given to me, a guy that had the top of his head tattooed, and he's like, have you ever opened a door and caught your head on the corner of it? Like, yeah, it hurts. He goes, yeah, imagine that like over and over and over and over and over and over again. I was like, okay, yeah, no, I couldn't imagine that. Uh, I mean, me personally, you know, it's something I always tell my wife. Like, and, and, you know, I, I work in government contracting. I, I work with, you know, the suit and tie folks and i wanted i want to get my neck tattooed i want to get you know I, I want the job killer but i have to i have to earn that you know i have to earn that in order to do it and that's that's not an easy feat nowadays so maybe one day and uh, with all these things that we're doing they start taking fruition and i'm and i'm able to go down that path because that's just who i am dude you know like i've always wanted the face tattoos uh, and the i agree tattoos. the neck tattoos every almost everybody that i've ever seen with a neck tattoo i'm like that is so badass and i'd love to have a neck tattoo but a long time ago i basically when i was starting to get the sleeve going on i'm like okay at this point in my life i want to look like a gentleman in my tuxedo my at the time concept of what a gentleman you know these yeah. the old guys at the lodge have put on their you know bob haynes and these guys put on a tuxedo and you know i want to i want to look like that and you know i don't know if i'll do that forever i may wind up getting the mentality of you like if get to the point where this is what i want to do I, mean, I can still live once dude. i can still be a gentleman with just tattoos showing on my hands and on yeah, my neck. So definitely. We'll see. Definitely, because you got to, but again, you got to earn that shit. It doesn't just, True. you know, it's not something you just throw on there. Not something you do when you're 18 years old. And <laughs> yeah. Want to get your girlfriend of six months name on your jaw, on your face or something, right? Yeah, it's, it's, uh. Something you really need to think about, you know. Unfortunately, there's still a stigma with tattoos. Although I, I do feel it's changed a lot, and it's been a lot more accepting. And you know, especially in the job place, you know, I, I've seen, you know, people that you know, 
when I when I go do to my meetings, you you can kind of see full sleeves here and there. You can you, and as long as they're covered up, it's cool, right? As long as you're not throwing it out there in front of everybody, it's okay. It's not a big deal in the corporate world. But well, my like I said, my wife and my daughter are both nurses, and when my wife got into nursing 15 years ago, they were still kind of. Nurses were covering up their tattoos, if they, especially if they had anything on their arms. They were wearing long sleeves and stuff like that. But now, you know, my daughter's 28 years old, and she has her tattoos, and she wears her scrubs, short sleeve scrubs that show off, you know, the stuff she has up on her neck and stuff like that. She doesn't have any on. Oh, I take that back. She does have on her arms now. She has her... She has uh, Kali on one arm and uh, and a and a female uh, like Native American woman with a headdress on the other arm mm. because she the when she started doing the research on on the like the wolf headdresses it was primarily just a male thing like women don't wear mm. the wolf headdress right. like within the Native American cultures. And so that was kind of her way of saying, you know, this is part of my female empowerment. She's got a a female with the wolf headdress. So she has those and she does she goes to work and it's not an issue and it is what it is. I think uh the the the, the thought of it all has changed. Uh, I'd say within the last 20 years. It's, I remember when I was growing up, you you were going to get a tattoo. It was like it started from your shoulder on down. You know, it was in places where you can hide it with you know without without having any issues. Or you could wear a tank top and show top off and what show you're off trying. And, to. Yeah. <laughs> now these kids nowadays want it on their necks. They want it on their hands, all over their arms. And I get it. it you know what? They're they're creating a different type of acceptance now. Which, you know, of course, we're going to look at and, and be like, oh, my God, what are you guys doing? But then, of course, our parents looked at us and said the same thing. So, I don't know. I think um, I think times are a-changing, and we got to be receptive to those changes. And I think that applies to not just tattooing, but life in general, you know. And we need to be a little more tolerant for, to things and kind of understand the, the meanings behind them. Why are you doing this and what does it mean to you? Agreed. Ten four. <laughs> see. What else were we talking about? We're talking about other stuff. Talking about Okay, tattoo and symbolism, sacred sacred symbolism. Johnny, in, in doing certain types of uh, sacred symbolism or tattoos, and you know, are, are there certain things that you stay away from that you don't want to do? No, you're open to all of it. Okay. Yeah. Do you find that all of the clients that come in? wanting some type of sacred symbolism understand that piece of symbolism do you are all of them understanding it most of them yeah, I, I would say a lot of them don't but they love being 
the idea behind it. Uh, and it means something to them, you know? And then as we dive into the tattoo, they start talking about it. Um, I think I think that becomes the process. I think that becomes the rite of passage, if you will, you know? And their understanding of that said symbolism deepens and makes it that much more of a, of a sacred experience, if you will, you know? Um, but no, to answer your question, a lot of people don't, you know? And, and a lot of tattooers, a lot of tattooers don't know what they're tattooing either. And so exactly. a lot of stuff that's tattooed incorrectly. Um, and the client's definitely not going to know. And, but, you know, and if the tattooer doesn't know, then it's, you know, what do you do? If someone says, okay, hey, I'm, this is what I want, and you don't understand what's going on, um, the whole meaning can be And I think that's that's the important part with symbolism and especially ancient symbolism. You know, um, as keepers of the word, I feel it's our duty to educate and, you know, let people know what these things mean and how they should be used. Of course, not dictating, but just educating and, and being able to show you, okay, this is what this is about and this is how it's applied and why it's applied and the purpose behind it and then from there you make your decision you know you know do you want to you want the to apply that into your life do you do you want to use it um whatever whatever works for you i think that's where the consultation comes in handy for me because i do consultations with all my clients you know so um, during the consultation period they'll come and they'll see me and We'll figure out what they're wanting, what that symbol may be, what it means to them, and we can build on it often, you know, which, which is pretty nice. Um, there's different ways that we can build on it. And once I understand where someone's coming from, then it's easy for me to add my own elements to, you know, and explain to them what I've done with a particular pattern or design. That ends up working out well, too. And it's more special, too, for them. That's great. Yeah, I think that's really cool that you say that you have the consultations because, like, so many times, like, I have friends that will be like, oh, I'm going to get a tattoo this weekend. I'm like, oh, cool, what are you getting? Oh, I don't know yet. <laughs> and, like, it just, like, immediately I'm just like, oh, it, it's so frustrating because, I mean, first of all, if you're going to have somebody mark you and it's two days away and you haven't decided what you're going to be marked yet, it just, to me, it seems... You know, no. Like, for instance, my son. He's got a whole bunch of tattoos, a bunch of just funny shit. Some of it's meaningful to him. Some of it has some symbolism. But in general, in their, in their, um, in their genre and their dem- demographic and, you know, kids that age, he's 19. That's their thing. That's what they're growing up around. That's what they're being shown. You know, like Trippy Red. You know, Triple X, mm-hmm. um, all these ra- all these these rappers, especially where he's he's at in Broward County, um, that's prevalent. That's what it is. You know, that's so. I told him straight up, like you know, he got some job killer tattoos recently. He got some stuff on his neck. He got some stuff on his face. I said, okay, so you have a choice. You know, one, you 
work at Hot Topic for the rest of your life. <laughs> or two, Sorry. make it. Go out there yeah. and live your live your yeah. art. Go do it. Yeah. And you know it can it can happen as long as you work hard and you you do you do your diligence and you master your craft. Why not? You know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be that parent that says. No, you're, you're fucking up. You're, you're doing it wrong. No, dude, you're going to have to fuck up on your own. You're going to have to learn on your own and then build yourself up from there. You know, that's just what it is, dude. And as, a, you know, as an adult myself, I have certain things that I have to live up to, especially in the, in the field of work that I'm in. Um, there's just certain things that you have to hold, you know, sacred. And especially when you're meeting with people, you know, people judge you. Yeah. You know, of course, if you were to close your eyes and talk to that person, you probably wouldn't think, uh, you know, by, by looking at, oh, man, this person's in tattoos. No, it's people are going to judge you by the way you look. And it's unfortunate that we do that, but it's a part of who we of who we are as people. Right. So I don't know. He's going to have to learn the hard way. And, you know, and if it, if if this if those tattoos are what is the motivating factor for like the beginning of his journey exactly then then go do it awesome. and be, get hard yeah, at it and exactly take it serious you know what i'm saying he wants to be slow burn joe go be slow burn joe but be the best fucking slow burn joe you <laughs> could fucking be you know i just plugged him slow burn joe <laughs> <laughs> you can find him on soundcloud so if you're in a trap that's that's the kid to to watch. Um, notice all his friends are you know the LTG crew, Southside Scola, Dead Bows, um, Spookjit, all those cats. They they have a very distinct sound, and it's it's really interesting listening to them, you know, perform and and you know, do their craft. And uh, I think I think they're doing a great job. It's just you know you got to keep on doing it. You got to keep on performing. You gotta you gotta perfect it. And just like in any craft, the more you do it, the better you get. And I think you know this, here's a perfect example, brother Johnny, who worked in a in a profession that I work in right now, the network engineering and facilities networking and all that stuff. Uh, that's a different world than this. And he took it. He he left that world and came here. And made something of it because he did put in the work. He did put in the the hours and and really focused on his honing the craft. Yeah, his niche and what he wants to do with it. And he manifested his own reality, which is inspiring to me. Imagine that a brother honing his craft, right? <laughs> Close it up. Wrap it up. Sure. All right. So. Um, we're here at uh, Johnny Arias' uh, Rites of Passage at Elizabeth Street Tattoo. Um, where can we find you, Johnny? Where can our, our audience make uh, an appointment to come see you? Uh, I'm at Elizabeth Street Tattoo in Riverside. Is the, the address is 3730 Elizabeth Street in Riverside. Um, and then I have an Instagram account where you can find me. It's uh, Rite of Passage, at Rite of Passage. Uh, we'll post that. Cool. I definitely put it on the show. It's up on everything. Yeah, um, and then I also have a website, johnnyarius.com. 
45 bucks already in yeah he's reading he's probably reading yeah. so you know johnny i want to say thank you very much for letting us yes, do this you. this is a this is a sacred experience for me and and i greatly appreciate you and thank you for supporting us and we we, we love you and thank you very much that's, that's all i can say thank you <laughs>